This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. It is amazing how different you can feel after, what, like seven days here in Leafs Nation. Hello and welcome to the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Don't forget to remember to subscribe, smash that like button, visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest. But Rosie, I witnessed your tweets on the weekend. You were juiced up. You were ready to go. How are you feeling on this Monday? I'm feeling good, buddy. What's not to feel good about right now? Um... Leafs showed up and played a different game. They mixed up the lineup to what I think it should have been in the first place. And uh, I think they had a big team win on the weekend against, uh, you know, a bit of a rival that's become uh, out of the uh, out of the bubble lockout season with the Winnipeg Jets. So nothing to not smile about right now. Do you think they're watching the show? They're piping it into the Leafs dressing room? Because I think everything we discussed following that game against Dallas happened on the weekend, right? Where they put the fourth line in. And we'll talk about that. But... They're making some subtle tweaks and certainly looking at their depth a bit more, no? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the boys upstairs are just putting our show on a loop and just doing everything we say because we've been bang on and uh, they'd be stupid not to. Good point. With that in mind, Rosie, let's get over the boards. Yes, sir. John Tuvaris, as you see right there, two goals for the captain on Saturday I thought it was one of the most complete efforts, if not the most complete effort of the season for the Maple Leafs from puck drop to the final buzzer. So two goals for Tavares, now three goals, four assists, seven points. Is John Tavares underappreciated more so because of the market he plays in, Rosie? Um, I would think so. I mean, every single player on that team, the team in general, they just get roasted when, like like day-to-day. And we've seen that last week from a two-day swing from the sky is falling to hallelujah. And that market is so famous for building statues one day and then tearing the, the organization down to the foundation the next week. It's it, it's tough that way. But yeah, I think Johnny T, like his leadership qualities, like what he does in the locker room and like almost to a fault, like I want to groan when he's doing an interview because it's just it's just so <laughs> professional and there's nothing exciting it's just like change the channel when he's giving an interview because it's just all the token shit that he says but yeah i believe that that's how he thinks and that's how he operates and if you think that team's going to start to get off the rails and guys are going to start getting clicks going and being selfish on that and the pp is going to have a little secret meeting where we're going to do something opposite than what the video showed this morning that shit just isn't going to fly in front of johnny t and then on the ice i mean he's getting it done he's just i just think he's super reliable in and around that net he's just deadly um and he's been getting the chances uh, especially on the pp right now and he's been He's been getting it done. So, yeah, I mean, if if people are knocking him for his salary or his age, which is only like 31, 32, then absolutely he's underappreciated. I'd, I'd take him on my team all day. Yeah, knock it off. He's our captain, John Tavares, oh, captain, my captain. Uh, again, if you want to get interactive on the chat, by the way, uh, pipe in. We'll get to your comments and concerns, maybe even your questions later on, how you view this game coming up against the Vegas Golden Knights game two of a five-game road trip tonight. But certainly... Echoing your sentiments, Rosie, on John Tavares, I just think he has been from day one the perfect shill, if you will, in the media for the likes of Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Riley to sort of do their thing. Like, he just knows exceptionally well. He's been media uh, trained from a young age. 
I remember even covering him back in the day. He had like a half season with the London Knights when he was traded from the Oshawa Generals. And I, I sort of have prided myself over the years of being able to extract good quotes and good clips out of players, no matter who they are. But there's two guys who I just couldn't get any juice out of. Number one is Connor McDavid, surprise, surprise. And number two was John Tavares. Just an absolute professional, but you're not really going to get that quote if you're looking for one, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt. That's just how he is, man. He's uh, he's straight and narrow, and he's not going to give you anything to feed off. Like you say, he's been trained, and I just think it's in his personality, too. I don't think he's the yeah. most exciting, off-the-wall guy that, that there is by any stretch from what I can tell, and uh, he just seems to play that way and carry himself that way, and he's a good pick for the captain, um, as he's been showing this year. Even keel, like you like that out of your players, right? Like I think if you wanted to put together a roster, you need multiple John Tavares on it where he just doesn't get – it, it it seems like a lot of it doesn't get to him, right? Like, I think certainly you look at the criticisms of last season, specifically in the Stanley Cup playoffs, needed to be quicker. I think he addressed that to a degree in the offseason. He's never been a guy who's really made his game off foot speed. It's more calculation on his type. But I've been really, really impressed. I know it's early on in the season, but John Tavares, for me, has exceeded expectations. Uh, and it's a wonderful, wonderful sight for Maple Leafs fans. He was awesome. I, th I thought it was vintage Tavares on Saturday, just those two finishes in tight. Uh, he's one of the best tippers for my money in this league as well. Uh, let let's move on to something we talked about uh, big time on Friday's show after we both felt that the Dallas Stars were running around rampant on Thursday. And that's the fourth line juice, as you see right there. Clifford, Camp, and Simmons come in. All they do is dictate the pace from a physical standpoint. I know they took a couple of bad penalties in the form of Clifford in the Ozone in the, in the, in the first period, Simmons in the third period, but they led actually to the game-winning goal. What a pass by Simmons, and it's David Kampf, his second of the season. I thought they brought some serious jam on Saturday night, Rosie. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, I've been begging for a lineup change. It just, it doesn't seem like it's a well-rounded roster without those guys. Like the fourth line that they have had going, just I haven't even seen them. They just haven't produced anything. So my question was, what do they bring to the table? And then you inject, you know, Wayne Simmons, I've been saying all year since he got put on waivers, like how can he not play on this fourth line? That That's insane. He's a thousand game a year guy. He's been playing on fourth, on first lines throughout his career. He can, he can do it all. I I just cannot see how he can't play on this fourth line. And then they bring him up and he shows that he can. And what I saw more than like that nice pass, which is what he can do. He can, he can chip in offensively and you got camp in there to, to be disciplined defensively. It's just a much more well-rounded lineup and his energy and his presence just reverberated through the lineup. I mean, that game was the most team game that we have played Every guy was playing with intensity, with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, someone takes a run at uh, Nicky Bobby there, and who's the first guy <laughs> in there with his, his gloves are spring-loaded? And Morgan Riley, our stud defenseman, jumps a guy. Then you got um, our defenseman running guys, and then everyone's coming to his defense when some guy gets knocked over and anyone comes near. And it was just a whole team atmosphere where – everyone's playing together. Everyone's playing with a little bit more emotion and high intensity. And it's because you bring those guys in. It's not about fighting. It's not about, oh, you hit my my guy. Now I'm going to fight you. It, like that's that one-dimensional stuff from 2005 that doesn't need to be there anymore and isn't there anymore. And now you've got guys that can play a little bit and inject that kind of energy into the team. I thought it was palpable. You could see it on 
on the TV how much energy these guys were playing. Guys were playing bigger, and I think it sends a message to a guy like Pierre Engvall, who, hey man, you're you're gonna have to play more more physical. You're gonna have to do more out there, and you're gonna be in the press box. And I know that was a bit of a shock to him, but a guy like him with his big body, you can't just go and look at the other team and hey buddy, how's it going? Oh, look it over there. Yeah, how was your summer? Good stuff. Good luck out there tonight. Like that bullshit doesn't fly. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup. This is the NHL, and I want to play with a chip on your shoulder. I want to play like we did in Winnipeg. And if you look, you want to go back, look at Darcy Tucker. Like it's free to play that way. You don't have to be gifted with God's talent. You don't have to go end to end and diddle the D man and toe drag backhand top titty like that. You don't have to do that. You can just work as hard as you possibly can play with intensity, play with a chip on your shoulder, hate the other team, unload the tank, every shift that's free to do. And it wins hockey games. And I love that that fourth line came in there and injected that and they had the most convincing win of the whole season something tells me you're a nickname guy in the locker room like did you have a nickname for every guy you played with oh yeah they got ridiculous where it was a nickname of a nickname of a nickname and what i tyler bozak named me rose dozer and then it was dozer and now it's just doze and like my buddies at home when i'm hang out with a guy that i used to play with they're like what's up doze and my guys that i grew up with are like what is that all about but yeah it's fun to go outrageous with the nicknames nicky bobby is that your nickname for nick robertson at this point i think so it works man it's either that or sammy samsonov that's your guy that nickname for sammy samsonov that is something special sammy with Ilya samsonov yes and like sammy it. boy too by the way, it looks like Pierre Engvall is going to come back into the lineup and your guy, Zach Aston-Reese, who, to your point, just haven't seen enough juice from the bottom six, right? And I do think these pieces ultimately are inter interchangeable because you know what you're getting for the most part from the top six. Maybe they make an addition down the stretch of the trade deadline. It's the bottom six that ultimately you need that one or two goals for when it matters in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Yeah, big time. And like you say, the top six are kind of set and they are what they are. And they're they're fantastic. Any roster would take that top six. Yeah. Um, but it's that depth and those those guys that need to chip in. And I just think Wayne Simmons should be an absolute staple on that line. And then you can interchange Kyle Clifford with some different guys and and get some mojo going depending on what you need. But I love being able to have have the freedom to uh to make some changes depending on who you're playing, how the team's been playing, what you need, and right now it's nice that they have that ability to do so and when you get a fourth line that can chip in offensively and i mean get a game winner here and there and make a play i mean that's just huge because it takes the pressure off your stars that's the teams that are winning in the playoffs and it's nice that they've kind of you know found that for one game but it definitely just looks like a more well-rounded uh forward forward core for sure and so it's the maple leafs and the golden knights from t-mobile arena on this monday night game two of a five-game road trip Phil Kessel, remember him? Yeah, your old teammate will tie Keith Yandel's Ironman record of 989 consecutive games. A, how shocked are you at that number? And B, what was it like to play with Phil Kessel, Rosie? Big Phil. Oh, Phil, man, he's a character. He's he's a great guy. I like that guy. It's just incredible that he has played that many games in a row with that body. I mean, he'll be the first one to say that I've got a milk bag up top and then he's got, he's got two little pins for for sticks for uh for legs and it's just there's no reason that he can generate that kind of speed and agility on the ice with that body and i think he'll be the first one to say that but um he's a character man he's always dragging his feet and this and that and moaning and groaning about things and 
quietly just he's going to put up a thousand game Ironman streak. It's it's pretty incredible and uh, good for him, man, because you got to be tough and you got to play through some things and and you got to stay in the lineup when maybe another guy might actually take a night off and sit out. So good for him. That's a that's a hell of a, a record that he's going for tonight. And I think he's going to keep going to a thousand most likely. Doing what you did, I think you can be the first to attest that that's a tough, tough record. I don't care if you're Phil Kessel. I don't care if you're Tom Wilson. To be able to play 989 straight games is really, really damn impressive. Even if it's in the NHL, the modern-day NHL, where there's not as much physicality and hitting, I think it's a tremendous feat. And I, I think he deserves a lot of respect. Not to mention, like, the body of work. Like, he's had a pretty solid career Signs of the Vegas Golden Knights in the offseason. It's been a, a slow start offensively, but he's still getting a significant look here in the top six for Vegas. They're going to be a tough opponent. I'm looking forward to seeing Bruce Cassidy behind the Golden Knights bench, and uh, I will get the the coffee pot started early tonight here on the East Coast. It's going to be a late one, Rosie. Yeah, no kidding. I feel for you guys out there. You're used to watching this team uh whenever you want at your at your normal convenient time but uh that'll be a late one all right but yeah a, a tough opponent coming in it's going to be a good test i think it's going to be their their biggest test on this road trip so you get a a win tonight um that's big but they're coming off a loss but to the colorado avalanche leafs are flying yeah. pretty high i mean i'm glad that we're facing them right off the bat to to try to start this uh road trip off uh on a high note and then you kind of go down the west coast there and pick up some california teams and um, it's a, it's a nice little test for them to get out of Toronto and, and get on the road and see how this, uh, this team operates on the road. Cause they started off well with, uh, Winnipeg, but it's far from done, obviously. How much does it help from a team camaraderie standpoint? Like they've been through a lot, the first five games of the season, it seems like it's been like two months long, but it's been like three weeks. Does it help to have that early season road trip, especially when you go to a city like Vegas? I don't know what you can do there. I've never been, no, I've been like seven times. Is, is this good for team building? Yeah, it's huge. Like I was thinking to myself, man, I'd love to be on that jet after the after the um, Winnipeg game because you know you got uh, you got a day off and you're flying down. You're getting to the hotel. You're probably having a few drinks on on the plane, playing some cards, um, having a big meal catered to you. All the guys are just buzzing because, like I said, a huge team win there. Everyone kind of found something. Your most most decisive win of the whole season. So you get down there. You get in the hotel together. Everyone drops off their bags after the, the morning practice and you head out for lunch, you head out for supper, guys are playing cards in the room and you're kind of starting to get to know each other. That's when nicknames start to, to form and guys are buddying up with their roommates and it's just a great time for a team to start gelling where you don't do that at home as much. You got to go home and you got to get to your kid's hockey and you got to pick your kid up from, from this or that and your wife wants to do that and you're doing family stuff. It's kind of a lot a lot more individual when you're at home but you get on those road trips and there's no one around and there's nothing to do but be with the boys so um that's great for team building and i think it's a great time for them to uh, get on the road and do some of that and obviously they started off really well with uh with winnipeg so you got good vibes starting off the the whole thing believe it or not the vegas flu hasn't been a thing for the leafs and eight all-time meetings with the golden knights they've won six of eight including both meetings last season um, the other thing i'm curious to see tonight is the goaltending matchup your guy Ilya samsonov uh, we talked about it has been off to an unbelievable start four and oh and oh in his first four appearances hasn't surrendered more than two goals in a game i probably jinxed it right there but logan thompson's on the other side it's hard to believe both guys are the age of 25 but one's a rookie and it's Thompson. I expect a low-scoring affair tonight. Do you? Yeah, very possible. I mean, <clears throat> both capable goalies. And like we said, Sammy's flying high right now. But um, 
uh, you know, they haven't had that Vegas flu. Um, hopefully the guys weren't out till five, six in the morning in Vegas. I don't think that's, uh, that's Never a problem. Know. It's not like the old East coast hockey league days where they had a team there, man, their home record was outstanding for the, the Vegas <laughs> team. But Shocker. Um, I don't, I, I know exactly, but I don't think it's going to be that way in this league, but yeah, like you say, both capable goalies and, uh, I just want them to pick up where they left off with with playing with some jam, playing together and chip on their shoulder and everyone standing up for each other. And that just breeds energy. So I'm looking for them to pick up right where they left off. You got a favorite spot in Vegas, Rosie? Um, I'm not a huge Vegas guy. I've been there a few times. Really? Um, I, saw, I saw Avicii at Aria um, one okay. time. That was kind of cool since he was... I didn't know too much about him at the time, but uh, saw his documentary after. I'm like, man, this guy's a rare talent and kind of a sad story. But um, I think yeah. it's pretty hard to miss in Vegas. If you want to go have a good time, you're, you're not going to have to go far. A can't-miss spot for me in Vegas. And again, I've been way too many times, and I'm just 33. But Chandelier Bar at Cosmo is incredible. They have a secret spot. drink. like. At, you go there, you order this secret drink, dude. It just sets your vibe for the whole night. It's nothing illegal. It's just called the secret drink. But everybody, <laughs> most people who frequent Vegas quite a bit, they know what the chandelier bar is, and it's simply tremendous. So that's my must-hit spot on the Vegas Strip. But I, I do think to that point, like it's the mystique is wearing off to a degree. I think especially if you're in the NHL, even if you're the broadcast crew, you've rolled through Vegas a couple times. Now it's not like the first level of excitement the first time around where you're like, wow, I'm going to Vegas to cover an NHL game. Like I was there for the Stanley Cup final a couple years back when they played the Washington Capitals. And it was more like, what do I tackle first? Whereas like I've been multiple times, uh, you know, since for, for, for work and it hasn't been sort of the same mystique as it was early on. It's going to wear off eventually. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I'm going there in January with some buddies and we're going to go there, play yeah. some golf and have a time or whatever. But um, I just, not my favorite thing where every guy and their dog is there acting like they're God's gift to humanity cruising around, like uh, just, yeah. just douchebag central for the most part for me, which kind of gets <laughs> on my nerves a little bit. I think I'm a bit of a small town boy still, but uh, you yeah. know, like I said, there's no... There's no shortage of fun, and if you want to have a good time, that's obviously the spot. But um, you know, I think that everyone's ran through that town a couple of times now in this league, and it's uh, it's just another stop because every NHL city you want to go find some fun. There's uh, it's not hard to do, right? I would pay good money to watch you pump the fucking wheels off somebody like a high roller in Vegas who's just giving you lip when they're bombed or something, and you just pump them one, two, three. See you later. You'll probably see me just laid out cold on the strip by some uh, <laughs> some kickboxer. <laughs> I stay away from that shit for that reason. Yeah, you never know. Street fights are dangerous, man. They're absolutely dangerous. Uh, with that, uh, it's time to get to the wrap-up here, Rosie, brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. There we go. Cha-ching. All right, you know... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you should have just made the you should have just made the sound effect. Uh, and thanks to Alex, uh, the guy's an absolute stud. I, I don't want to get stale with this pick. I'm not going to do this every game, but I referenced to you off air. I'm going to say it on air now. At plus money, how do you not dabble in some Austin Matthews anytime goal? Number one, he had 60 goals in 73 last year. Number two, he's been really, really quiet. A goal in six games to start his season. His shooting percentage is around 3%. That's that's not going to stay. Like it, We just know for a fact Austin Matthews is going to start sniping and sniping a lot. 
And then on top of that, I always like to bring a bit of statistics your way, Rosie. Eight goals in seven career games against the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm going to double down tonight. I know it took a last week, didn't hit. Austin Matthews will score tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I love it. I mean, we've said it before. Like you said, you've had that pick before, but he's always yeah. been minus money. He's always been the, the favorite to score goals for good reason. He's one of the best goal scorers in the world. And he's in a bit of a call it a slump if you want. But it's only a sure. matter of time before he scores. And every game that he doesn't score, it becomes more and more likely that he will the next game. So to have plus money for him to go into Vegas right now, um, why not ride that again? Because every time it misses, it's it's kind of an anomaly at this point where he's only got one all season long. So with plus money, you're not going to see that. I don't think as soon as he gets one and gets this monkey off his back, I don't think you're going to see him at plus money again for probably the rest of the year. And that's why we're riding on that tonight. So Austin Matthews, anytime goal, you're going to get it around plus 105 right now on Points Bet Canada. So make sure to go hit that bet as uh, quick as possible. Again, as we move forward, it's the Leafs and Golden Knights from T-Mobile Arena. If you want to chime in with your thoughts, your concerns, your questions right now, now's the time or forever hold your peace. I was going to ask you too, as somebody who played in this league, Rosie, oftentimes it's tough for the casual media member or fan to humanize the situation. What's time, what's time travel like, you know, and, and time zones and traveling in general? I, you know, we talked about a five-game road trip, how it's good for the camaraderie of a team. But more specifically, how draining it is, is it on it, even though, you know, you guys are pro athletes and playing the game and preparing yourselves on a daily basis to play this game, how draining is it? Um, I don't – I think it's a little bit overhyped and overplayed because – I didn't really pay attention to the time zone that you're on. You just you just go off of what you're getting for rest. So you pull into town at two in the morning at some place. It doesn't matter what time it is. You go to your hotel bed at the Ritz Carlton and you put those blackout shades on and that team's gonna give you as many hours as you need to rest. So they understand and they kind of do the work for you. There's food everywhere. There's recovery things everywhere. There's, um, you know, masseuses and some some teams got guys coming to your hotel room to rub your legs down and get the acid out blah 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 that you're treated oh, like i don't know where this story is going right? i don't so, know where that story is <laughs> going rub you down pregame yeah. <laughs> stay away stay away there's uh <laughs> there's no lack of of team management taking care of your guys giving you the rest you need so yeah you pull into town but you're getting off a private jet with like reclining first class seats you get pulled up to the ritz carlton you eat a filet mignon you know it's not that crazy yeah. if you're on you know it's a hell of a lot harder being in the american hockey league and you're riding some old sleeper bus where you can feel the cold coming through the windows and you're in a sleeping bag and the thing's bouncing down the highway and you're getting in at yeah. three in the morning and you got to play at 11 a.m. the next morning. Like that, that's what wears on a guy. You're, you're treated like a baby in the NHL. And if, if you're getting worn out by it, I mean, do something different because they give you time to get your rest and get your sleep and you're treated really well. So I, especially at this point in the season, I just don't see that as a factor at all. The only reason why I bring it up, because it's often used as sort of an excuse in this game, right? In professional sports in general. Oh, it was a back-to-back. -back. Oh, they had to travel two and a half hours. They got in at 4 a.m. I just wanted to, to, to lean on you because, again, you have that history and that credit to your name where you've been sort of through the rigors of traveling. But it's a fair point. It's not like uh, the everyday person would have access to this type of stuff, right? 
Well, do you ever hear the players or the coaches saying those things? They don't. No. It's always the media members and some guy covering the game that says, "Wow, they're gonna be they're gonna be tired and they're gonna be banged up." But when you're a pro and they're in the shape that they're in, I remember playing like three and threes in the American League in that Sunday afternoon game, and you fought four times already that weekend. It doesn't matter once you get your warm up in and get your gear on and you get on the ice. It doesn't really matter what time zone you're in. It doesn't matter what time you got home last night. You're just, you know, the intensity and the adrenaline kind of kicks in and, and you just play your game. Maybe afterwards, are you a little bit more tired? Do you have a deeper sleep? Yeah. But like I said, these guys have been doing that their whole life. And I just don't see that as, a, as an excuse. And, and I don't know, you, you want to start crunching some big time numbers. I don't think you're going to find a real strong correlation between wins and losses and being at home and being in this time zone and coming off a plane at this hour and all that shit it's i think that's kind of that's all it is is an excuse and it's a built-in excuse to not give your best game that that night so i think that's why the players and management really stay away from that excuse you won't see uh stats guy rosie anytime soon is pretty much what rosie is trying to tell you right now uh, do you have a record uh you you mentioned those three game sets in the american hockey league do you have a record as to how many fights total you had in like a three game set weekend is it four um probably close to four i think when i made the maple leafs out of training camp in the exhibition someone dude you were fighting everybody when you joined it. the leafs yeah, I think for that exhibition, we played a ton of exhibitions that year. I think I fought like five times in seven nights or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but uh, things get fuck. crazy down there. Like well, I had three fights in one game one time, and it wasn't like I was even That's being a moron. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, you get punted after that too. So I got, got the rest of the night off. But, you know, I crushed a guy with his head down. So then I got jumped by somebody. So that was a fight. Then their tough guy came after me the next couple of shifts and said hey we're going because you killed that guy i was like okay so then another fight and then that guy i hit in the third period gives me a whack and says hey we're going and he wants to prove a point so then away we go and that was three for me and another time that my dad i think called down to my phone in the locker room and said what the hell is going on down there but yeah things get pretty western in the american league do players look at their phones like between periods like is there rules with that I was thinking about that the other day. It's incredible. For, you can go and just check, but it's it's not in your in your stall in the locker room. It's in your okay. your change your clothes changing. You're like you got a street clothes locker room with stalls in there. Yeah. And yeah. a guy might go and just check something, and, and then he he just looks and then chucks his phone back in that thing. But no one's walking around with their phones. Maybe if a guy's getting like a half hour stim treatment in the training room, you're sitting there dicking around on your phone checking out some stats and stuff. Yeah. But it's kind yeah. of incredible when you get twenty some 20 something year olds in a room and they're just how little the phone is around you're just hanging out and then you're back into Good. the normal world when you leave the building and it's it's kind of impressive because i was thinking the other day i'm like you never i don't think you could ever see that for a couple of hours with some younger guys especially this generation like parking their phone for that amount of time it's it, it's team time and you're actually just doing your thing inside that building yeah, I always wondered about that, but that makes sense in terms of a team philosophy. You put your 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 phones away and you're looking to win that game. I just could only imagine, like, let's say you're up 6-1, second intermission, you got the, a young hotshot flipping away on Tinder trying to look for his match for the night, right? Like, that's just ultimately where my mind goes to right away. Um, I just think it's so interesting, even to the point of, I, I'm sure you remember high school to a degree, myself too, where phones didn't really have an impact. And, you know, I didn't get my first cell phone until I think grade 11. But imagine how different it is now for kids in high school and the accessibility, right? And then you can just correlate it to a locker room. 
Yeah, crazy. I always wonder about the teachers, like how do those guys handle the phones in say a high school? It must just be insane buzzing and ringing yeah. and kids looking down and hiding it. And I don't even know how they handle that, but uh, it is kind of cool. We're in a locker room that that thing's away. Like when you're in that building, I don't even know what time it is. I don't know anything. Like the only time that matters is that countdown on the clock where, you know, you go out at the 16 minute mark for warm up, and you got to line up at two and a half and blah, blah, blah. All those things matter. But as far as reality outside world not really there but it's kind of a good uh, good point you could sit there on tinder in the uh, in the intermission and hit up a selfie in your stall that'd be a nice little icebreaker for after <laughs> the game but i imagine you'd be in some shit if you do that and uh yeah. you get caught like that's not johnny t would be on your case in a hurry i know that hey? oh 1000 percent. don't get any ideas if you're watching this i can just picture you like foiling your hands like 15 minutes before warm-ups just ready to go i don't think you'd be on your phone rosie Colt, Colton or he's, he's gets the Vaseline going under here and then a little tough skin on the knuckles once in a while. I was like, fuck, is that old school, buddy? <laughs> We're going to get Orzy on this show sooner rather than later, and I can't wait. Because you guys hooked up. You guys fought in the league, no? And then you were teammates. Yeah, we were teammates first. We uh, we were roommates on the road, too. And so we knew each other good. Sick. He was good to me. And then uh, one of my first games, it was my first game in Philly. I, uh, I fought Orzy. <laughs> I kind of... We just away we went it was <laughs> it just happens man but we had a good chat about it afterwards it's all good we're gonna have orzy on and we're gonna play the fight and you guys are gonna break it down for us but that's gonna do it uh for for today's episode we'll talk tomorrow okay bud right on man